Let's pray together. We turn to the word and we open it trusting and hoping that through the power of your spirit you will speak to us In Christ's name, amen. Over our summer series, we have been working our way through the Gospel of Matthew, and we've been looking at how uh, we are meeting Jesus, and he is showing up to us as uh, the good shepherd, healing, teaching, and this morning, confronting. And we've been using Matthew 9, verse 36, as our theme Verse, and so let's say that together. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. This morning we are in Matthew chapter 15, and we're going to be reading verses 1 through 28. It's a little longer passage this morning, but um, we're going to be uh, reading uh, 28 verses together this morning. And one of the things that I just want to quickly touch on before we read is that the Jesus that we often hear about in the world is a Jesus who is always kind, always nice, always gracious. And the the one that we meet in the text today is a little, uh, we might say, rough around the edges. He says some things which... Maybe we wouldn't want our Jesus to say. And so one of the things that we can say to each other when we look at a passage like this is that if the Bible was made up, if the Bible was written later and the church said, we want to we wanna tell a story about this Savior who is just this great person, chances are stories like this you would take out. Because if you want to paint the picture of a a person who is just fantastic all of the time, you're going to take out all of those stories where the person is a little rough around the edges. And so one of the reasons that we can depend on the truth of God's word, that these are truly his words, that the authors of scripture were inspired by the spirit to write them down and they come to us as the people of God, as God's word, are precisely because some of these things are in there. Because God wants us to see the good shepherd showing compassion to his world. So let's read together. Some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. That's gross. Jesus replied, and why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? God said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But do you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it, lest you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition? You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. 
Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth doesn't defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Then the Pharisees came to Jesus and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when, you, when they heard this? He replied, every plant that my Father in heaven has planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They're blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, they will fall into a pit. Peter said, explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands doesn't defile them. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. That's to the north. And a Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus didn't answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out to us. He answered, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, It's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. This is the word of the Lord. Every family has practices that set them apart. And for most of us, we don't know that these practices or rules are unique until we go to someone else's house. For example, whether or not you wear your shoes in someone's house might depend on the family you grew up in. Where people sit at a table when they're going to eat whether or not they wash hands, whether or not they take uh, every person, picks up the table and brings the things to the counter, or whether there is an assigned person to do that. Every family has rules. And we learn those rules when we interact with other families. But there's a temptation with some of these rules because they are well-established. This is the right way to fold a towel, for example, or this is the right way to wash a car. This is the right way to read a book or practice a holiday. We, over time, imagine that because our practices are well-established and have good thought behind them, there's a temptation in us to imagine that our way of doing it is the way that everyone should do it. And this is exactly what happens among God's people. And we get a glimpse of that in how the Pharisees come to Jesus and say, why don't your disciples 
wash their hands before they eat. What had happened over time is that when Israel came back from captivity, the Jewish teachers said, we messed up big time. We didn't obey God. We didn't worship him well. We didn't offer sacrifices the way we should have. We didn't honor the Sabbath the way we should have. We didn't do all of the little things that help us be special. And so what happened is all of these practices got added to God's laws in the first five books of the Bible. And one of the rules that got added was related to washing hands. And so what happened was the Pharisees looked at the book of Exodus where hand washing takes place, where the priests, before they're going to go into the temple to offer sacrifices, before the priests are going to go into the tabernacle to carry out the work of the Lord, the priests had a very specific regiment, a very specific set of practices to wash their hands. And so the Pharisees said, it makes a lot of sense that if the priests are going to do that, everybody else should too, right? I mean, in some ways that makes sense. If it's good for the priests as they go into worship, it should also be good for the rest of us. And yet what has happened over time is the family has taken their rule, their practice, and they have said in order to be pure, in order to be good enough, you must do it this way. Now, it's easy to look at a passage like this and say, this is a first century problem. Until we pull up social media. Where if you want to be a good Christian, you should unsubscribe from Disney+. Plus. Or you should boycott Hobby Lobby. You should avoid at all costs Anheuser-Busch. Or Chick-fil-A. Right? It's fascinating to see that in the society around us, these purity wars are happening all around us. And we are sent messages, we're given posts, we're encouraged to, to support things or not support things, to boycott things or not boycott things. And whether we are good Christians, whether we truly believe, whether we are part of the in crowd, whether we are good enough, whether our practices are sound enough, are defined by the things we do with our hands. And it's fascinating to think that in a culture that is growing in its non-religious practice is seeing itself through this lens. There's something in all of us that wants to know that the things we're doing or not doing set us apart and make us just a little bit better. 
And so we're better Christians if we boycott Disney because we all know about Disney. And what happens is the subtle switch of the Pharisee to say, if you don't also boycott my cause, you're not as good or as pure or as holy as me. It's a first century thing until it's clearly part of our world too. Because the temptation from the very beginning of time in the human heart is not to be defined by what comes out. We don't want to be defined by the jokes we tell or not tell. We don't want to be defined by our lusts of the flesh. We don't want to be defined by the things that we envy or the people we look at and wish we were like them. We don't want to be defined by the things that we page through in a catalog or on social media and see, I want that. I want to be defined by that. We don't want to know the truth of our hearts that when we come to worship, we look around to see whether or not we measure up. And so, instead of dealing with the reality of our heart and what lies inside, it's much easier to look at the causes or the practices and define ourselves that way. And Jesus is having none of it. Jesus is having none of it. He responds in verse uh, 3, Why do you break the command of God for the sake of the tradition? What the Pharisees had done is they had taken a loophole. Right? The Pharisees had taken a loophole and they had said something like this. They had, they had said, uh, we're going to give some money to the church and we're going to dedicate it to the church. And because it's been dedicated, it can no longer be used for family. And so I've dedicated this money to church. And even though my, my kids want birthday presents or Christmas presents, well, it's too bad. It's been dedicated. Or somebody needs a meal and we, it's too bad. The food's already been dedicated. It's been set aside for the church. And so Jesus is confronting this and saying, you have totally missed the point that this is about the heart. This is not about the practice. It's not about who or what you imagine makes you pure. But it's about the heart of the matter. It's what's inside that defines the purity of your heart and the strength of your faith. And we see that play out in a magnificent way in the interaction between Jesus and this Canaanite woman. Because from the outside, this woman defines everything that is unclean. The Canaanites were supposed to be slaughtered by Joshua in the book of Joshua. There weren't supposed to be any Canaanites left. 
And when the Canaanites show up in God's people's history, it is constantly as a distraction, as a way of drawing the hearts of Israelites away, as a negative thing. And there weren't any Canaanites around, but Matthew uses that name to say, this is someone that everybody would have said is the definition of impure. She's for all the causes we're against and against all the causes we're for. She grew up in the wrong place, practices the wrong things, and she throws herself at the feet of Jesus. And how Jesus responds is a little troubling. Verse 23, he did not answer a word. The woman has thrown herself at his feet, and Jesus sort of does this. And so she gets up and throws herself down at his feet again. She keeps doing it and doing it, and he keeps ignoring her. He keeps giving her the cold shoulder. And the Greek hints at it, but we're, the best way to sort of get at this in a way that we can stomach is to say that Jesus is trying to draw her faith out and trying to prove to the disciples that it's about the, what comes out of the heart that matters. And so he offers this really negative statement. It's not right to take the dog's bread and toss it to the dogs as a way of saying, you're not good enough. And yet her response is, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And the implication, the meaning of that is to say, even the smallest amount of mercy I can get from you, Jesus, is enough to make me pure and bring healing. You can throw a speck of food on the floor, Jesus, and that will be enough for me. And the sacrament of baptism sits here as a confrontation to the societal value that we can be good enough or better than by the things we boycott and avoid or by the, thing, the practices that we do to help ourselves feel like we are better Christians. And the sacrament of baptism is here to remind us each and every week it is by the grace of Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, calling you his own and the spirit at work in your heart. And there is no practice that you can engage in that will make the Father look at you and say, you're my favorite now. There's no boycott we can participate in that will make the Father turn to us and say, oh, Jesus, that's a good one. Jesus, the crumb of his grace is enough. And the waters of baptism remind us that the blood of Jesus Christ has already washed us clean. All of the sins from before, 
all of the sins from today and all of the future sins too. We are already pure and blameless and spotless in the eyes of the Father, and we are able to set out unto the mission of God in his world, not as those who try to live in the way that society does, but knowing that we are already standing on firm ground. The grace of Jesus Christ in our lives. Let's pray. God, we want to confess and ask forgiveness for the times in which we listen to the news or take to social media and imagine that when we wash our hands really well, we're a little better, or we're a little cleaner, a little more holy, a little more set apart. You had a harsh word for the Pharisees who believe that. And if we're honest, that's a pretty harsh word for us who try and like to imagine that we're, we're a little more. So forgive us, God. And remind us that as we enter into your mission, go out onto your mission, into your world, to spread the kingdom light, that it's you who define us. Our identity is found in you and you alone. You give us a family. You give us a name. You give us a call to obedience. And you give us your spirit to help us respond in faith. May that generous, bountiful gift be enough. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.